minutes tonight from the book of James, chapter number three. And um, normally I will let service out about eight o'clock, but I'll probably preach a little bit over that tonight. Not too late, but don't, don't worry about that tonight. I just feel like the Lord wants me to preach, but I also felt like we needed to have testimonies tonight. I appreciate every testimony. You know, not, there was not one complaint tonight. Isn't that a blessing? And we've all got something to complain about, but in reality, uh, we really don't have anything because God's been good to us. But I want to preach tonight from James chapter 3. And I pray that God will send revival to our church. And I know that you're praying. Uh, I thank God for this church. That's not an indictment against us. It's just the need of the hour uh, that we all need revival. I need revival. You need revival. Our homes need revival. Our church uh, always stands in need of revival. And our, certainly our country needs revival tonight. James chapter number 3, if you'll stand with us for the reading of God's Word. James chapter number 3 and verse number 1. He said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hem, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame it is unruly evil full of deadly poison therewith bless we God even the Father and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursings, my brethren, these things ought not, to so, ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, tree my brethren, bear olive berries, even a, fig, a vine fig? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and due with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do want to thank you for the testimonies, the singing, and most of all your presence has been in this place tonight from the beginning even up until now. And I pray that you'll bless these next few moments, the reading of thy word. Give us liberty and vocabulary. May you be glorified in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I think if you want to have revival, the book of James is a good place to go to. And we're not preaching a verse-by-verse or chapter-by-chapter study in the book of James, but it is a good book to go to if you stand in need of revival. In chapter number 2, James James takes the first 13 verses and he deals with godless favoritism and how uh, the Bible commands us against it and also talks about the consequences of showing partiality or favoritism. Then he closes chapter 2 out by talking about godly 
faith from verse number 14 down uh, through chapter verse number 26. And so he lays a good foundation is what I'm saying in chapter 2 when he warns us against favoritism and he, he elevates faith uh, uh, to deal with the tongue. And when we get to chapter number 3 here, and that's what James is dealing with. He's dealing with the tongue. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on let's talk about the tongue. Amen. Let's talk about the tongue. Now, I've not heard anything, and if I did, it wouldn't make no difference. I wouldn't get up here and preach something just because I heard something, and I would not preach something because I heard something, uh, but it just seemed like this is what the Lord put on my heart as we close this year out. If we're going to have revival, I think we ought to start with ourselves. Can I get a witness right there? I'll tell you, a good place to start evaluating would be the tongue. Amen? And that's what James is going to deal with here. And he gives us six things in this text tonight uh, concerning the tongue. And I want us to talk about the tongue for just a few minutes tonight. I want us to see in verse number one and verse number two, I want you to see the importance of the tongue. He said, my brethren, be not many masteries or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. In other words, James says, uh, we ought to not have a, a, everybody ought to not have a desire to want to be a teacher. Amen? I mean, when it comes to positions in the church, a lot of times uh, uh, people see a position as some form of a rec- of recognition or some form of a reward. But what we ought to see a position in a church, whether it be preaching or whether it be teaching or whatever it is, uh, we ought to see it as a form of responsibility. Amen? Because in verse number 1, James says, Be not many masteries, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. To whom much is given, much is going to be required. There's a responsibility, there's an obligation, and there's a reckoning, amen, for that responsibility that is laid upon those that carry it. And James talks about that. He talks about the importance of the tongue. The tongue is used for preaching, isn't that right? It's used for teaching, instructing. And so God has given us a voice. He's given us a tongue. And it's to be used for the glory of God. It's used for witnessing. Can I get an amen right there? I'm talking about the importance of the tongue. And he tells us in verse number 2 that the tongue is important for this reason. For in many things we offend all. In other words, everyone is guilty of offending someone. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect or a totally mature man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now how important is the tongue tonight? James says it's very important because if you and I are capable of bringing our tongue into subjection, if we're capable of bridling our tongue, then we're capable of keeping our entire body in check. Amen? In fact, in chapter number 2 or chapter number uh, 1, I think it is in verse number 20, he said, if any among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, this man's religion is in vain. Amen? Pure religion undefiled before God is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted from this world. So the tongue is important tonight. If you want to measure somebody's spirituality, all you got to do is listen to what they say. Because the Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Isn't that right? And so the importance of the tongue. And then he talks about the illustration of the tongue in verse number 3. And verse down to verse number 5. He tells us in verse 3 and 4 how it can 
uh, how it can be controlled. He said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small him whithersoever the governor listeneth and so he talks about bits in the horse's mouth he talks about the rudder of a, of a ship there and he talks uh, about how that it is used uh, and how that it guides and, and you know that's what the tongue does uh, it guides amen uh, listen it says either good things or it says uh, uh, not so good things uh, and so uh, when we think about the, the illustration that James gives here he tells us how that the tongue uh, uh, controls an individual's life. Uh, uh, listen, what a person is interested in is what a person is going to talk about. Uh, listen, a man that is interested in profane things uh, will talk about profane things. A man that is interested in perverted things uh, will talk about perversion. A man that is interested in carnal things, uh, he's going to talk about carnal things. Uh, a man that is interested in spiritual things uh, is going to talk about spiritual things. Uh, what are we saying? We're saying the tongue uh, uh, controls uh, uh, the body and the thought process of a person's mind. Oh, it's an important thing. The importance of the tongue, the illustration of the, tr- of the tongue, how it, contr- how it can control. And then look at verse 5, how it can consume. He said in verse number 5, even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. You see, the tongue can consume a person. The tongue, my friend, uh, listen, can do a lot uh, damage. It can do a lot uh, uh, to a person's life. One thing uh, that a person says uh, uh, can incriminate them, uh, can cause them great damage, can cause great damage to others. Uh, uh, things that can be said that can never be erased for time and for eternity. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, Jesus said, And I, every idle word that men shall speak, he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. I'm telling you friend we have to be careful uh, what we let our mouths, our tongues say. Uh, We have to bring it into subjection. We have to ask God to help us to set a watch before our lips. Amen. The illustration of the tongue is teaching us how uh, that it can control our life uh, and also how it can consume our life. The Bible said let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And oftentimes people are swift to speak and slow to hear. It causes great trouble. The illustration of the tongue, the importance of the tongue. Look at verse number 6. James talks about the iniquity of the tongue. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. What is he saying? He's talking about its destruction. Notice what he said. And the tongue is a, a fire. He talks about its destruction. What does fire do? Fire consumes. Fire destroys. He talks about its degrading. It's a world of iniquity. Amen. I'm telling you just that 
that little member, that little tongue that can talk about an entire world of sin, an entire world of iniquity. You think about Hollywood. You think about all the things that comes out of their mouth, all the perverse and all the profane things that are said and how they relish in sin and they relish in wickedness. You know what that is? It's a world of iniquity. And that little thing, that little muscle in our mouth is capable of saying anything. It's capable of, 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 of filter or of spewing out any type of wickedness or worldliness. He talks about the degrading of the tongue. And then he talks about the defilement of it. So the tongue is among our members. Notice this, that it defileth the whole body. Boy, the tongue can say some vile things, can't it? The tongue can say things that can... You can spend an entire uh, lifetime building a testimony. And your tongue, my tongue, can defile it. It can cause people to lose confidence in you. Just like that. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 11, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business. That's a good little phrase right there, isn't it? Don't get in everybody else's business. Do your own business. Don't be the person going around all the time saying, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about such and such. You, you don't need to be the reporter, amen? You don't need to be the one that, that breaks the news for everybody. Some people, they think they work for CNN. They, they think they've got to, or they think they work for the FBI. You know, they've got to investigate. Then, then they've got to go break the news. They've got to be the first to tell. No, study to be quiet. Do your own business and work with your own hands. You know, a working man don't have time to get in everybody else's business. A lazy man knows everything about everybody because he's got too much idle time on his hand. I'm just talking about the iniquity of it, the defilement of it. And then he talks about uh, it's devastating. Look what he said. He said it setteth on fire the course of nature. It devastates everything in its path. Those wildfires out in California, they don't care. Those fires do not care who they kill, what they destroy. They destroy acres upon acres uh, of land and that's what the tongue will do. It can damage it can destroy and he talks about the defilement the devastation of it he tells us that it's devilish it is set on fire of hell James what are you talking about he simply said it can be set on fire by hell itself utterly corrupting and destroying everything in its path including its owner I'm talking about gossip I'm talking about talebearing. I'm talking about lying and swearing and filthiness and negativity and defilement and provoking and foolish jesting, all these things uh, that the tongue, uh, uh, questions that bring about strife and contention. I'm telling you, listen, all those things uh, uh, come forth from the tongue. Uh, and I want to say this uh, uh, tonight, you and I have got to be careful uh, because the iniquity of the tongue uh, is every bit as wicked, it's every bit as ungodly as abuse uh, or as dope uh, or as any other kind of perversion. Hey, you may sit here tonight and say, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't run with those who do no but if you got a tongue that will roll from here to the Florida line and you like to gossip you're just as wicked and just as ungodly and in need of revival as a drunkard is tonight amen amen God help us tonight to end this year by putting our tongue on the altar don't tell everything you hear if you got any sense, you sure won't do that. 
And don't tell everything you know. Because you don't know a whole lot. Isn't that right? I don't know a whole lot. There's some people who think they know a lot. Don't tell everything you know. Because it won't take very long and we'll figure out that you don't even have enough sense to keep some things quiet. Don't, don't try to figure out and flush out. I may have told this here somewhere. There used to be somebody that liked to hear juicy gossip and they wasn't too close or too good at you know being incognito when you were standing around telling and they kind of get their ear close and sometimes I'd give them something to hear. Now, that might be wrong. I don't know, but that'd see them inching a little closer and I knew they was eavesdropping, you know, and so I'd just say something like this. Well, you know, he shot him dead right there in the middle of everything. I got a kick out of watching them break their neck, and I just walk off and leave them. Don't be that kind of person. I'm just preaching tonight. You see, what we say either represents God, Satan, ourself, or the world. Oh, listen, think about it tonight, the iniquity of the tongue. The encourageability of the tongue tonight. Look what he said in verse 7. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. He talks about the comparison in verse 7. Look at the comparison. For every kind of beast and of birds and even serpents and of things of the sea. And we're talking about we're talking about sharks and whales and, and we're talking about huge animals. They've all been tamed of mankind, he said. But then he gives us, uh, uh, the character but the tongue can no man tame uh, it's an unruly evil why is that the cause uh, it's full of deadly poison hey listen man has tamed every animal uh, listen known to him in this world but yet he's not been able to tame this tongue uh, it's more brutal than the wild beast of the field uh, it's more dangerous uh, uh, than the lion that stalks the jungle in the night uh, uh, the tongue can, can tear apart and destroy uh, everything in its power it's an unruly evil full of deadly poison I'm telling you the encourageability of the tongue is something that we all to all pay close attention to for no matter how long you've been saved no matter how long you've been serving God if you don't keep the flesh in check if you don't ask God to help you this tongue is capable of saying anything anything tonight you know that's the greatest fear I have as, as a preacher is getting tongue-tied when you're preaching. You know, the devil would love for that to happen tonight. And I've heard of it happening to preachers, and and, uh, that's just the flesh, isn't it? The tongue is not eradicated tonight. And then James deals with the inconsistency of the tongue. Look at it in verse number 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. He talks about, in verse number 10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. He talks about the contradiction of the tongue in verse 9 and 10, how that in one sentence it'll bless God, and then in another sentence uh, out of the same mouth will come blessings and cursing. You know that's not right tonight. Uh, I think a good example 
example of that is Peter whenever Jesus was standing there and said whom do men say that I am he said said, thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus said flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee but by my spirit and Peter said a good thing he said a positive thing he said a spiritual thing but in the same dialogue if you read on Jesus starts talking about the cross and Peter speaks up and he says far be it from thee Lord and he said get thee behind me Satan I mean in one part of that conversation the spirit of God is controlling Peter's tongue he's letting the spirit of God speak to him and through him but in another part of that same dialogue he's letting Satan use his tongue you know what that means it means if I'm not careful and if you're not careful and if we're not filled with the spirit of God listen we can say something that can praise God one minute and we can say something that hurts the cause of Christ in another minute. Talking about the inconsistency of the tongue. If I had a prayer, and I do have several prayers, I'm sure we all do, but if I had a prayer for 2023, it would be this, Lord, help me to keep my tongue intact. God, my tongue, set a watch before my lips the inconsistency of it, the contradiction, then the conclusion, look what he said, doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, even a fig, a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? It cannot do both simultaneously. Can't put forth bitter and sweet. And so the inconsistency of the tongue is that, Lord, help me to be careful. I don't want table talk to get me in trouble. I don't want to get off in, in secret talk to get me in trouble. I don't want to say something on the job or say something at the house. Or I don't want to say something out in the community or at school that's going to hurt my testimony, hurt my Lord, hurt my church, hurt my family. We've got to be careful with the tongue, the inconsistency of the tongue. And finally, when we get to verse number 13 throughout the rest of the chapter, I'm glad James doesn't end there, but in these verses he gives us the instructions for the tongue. You know, I'm thankful tonight that the Bible not only tells us what's wrong, but it tells us how to do what's right. It don't just condemn the sin, but it gives you a path on how that you can conquer the sin. You see, you and I don't have to... You know, you may be here tonight and say, well, I'll just be honest, I like gossip. We don't have to like it anymore. Well, I like to tell things that I hear. Well, you could stop that tonight, and I think tonight would be a good night to stop it, don't you? It's why I like to dive into people's affairs and I like to spread it and, and sometimes I like, to, uh, I like to beef it up, you know. I like, to, I like to make it sound a little better because I, I kind of help the situation. Well, you need to quit that. Tonight. You say, Brother Gravely, you must have heard something. I'm just preaching James chapter 3. But I'm sure there's somebody can wear these shoes tonight. Look what he says in these instructions. There's the path that the tongue should flee. He said, Who is a wise man and endue with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Look at verse 4. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, hearts glory not and lie not against the truth this wisdom descendeth not from above but is earthly sensual devilish 
For envying and strife is there is confusion in every evil work. This is the path that the tongue should flee from. We should flee from, from sensual devilish talk. We should flee from envying and strife and things that bring confusion in every evil work. You hear somebody saying something that they ought not be talking about. You know the best thing to do in that situation, if you can, is walk off. Just leave the conversation. And if you're in a situation where you can't leave the conversation, then just don't say anything. It'll get awkward, but it'll send a message. And when you get silent, the good thing about that is is you don't have to give an account for anything that you did not say. Amen. I was sitting in a barber shop. I'm going to tell you something. Trying to find a Somebody that can cut a flat top is like just about impossible. And uh, I, was, I was sitting in a barber shop. I won't bore you with all the details. But I knew probably about 20 minutes I was been sitting there. And I said, this is my last trip, first and last trip back to this place. And the conversation was terrible. And I couldn't get out of the situation, so I just sat there and I was just doing some reading there was one gentleman he was the center point of everything and he had everybody going you know and everything and I was not going to get involved in what was going on but finally he said he said so what do you do for a living <laughs> that's always a blessing well, I thought this is going to get real interesting now I said I'm a Baptist preacher well I mean it just went crickets he said, well, you probably didn't like all that talk we were just doing. I said, well, I don't have to answer for it. Y'all do. And it got quiet. You know, sometimes I like awkwardness. I don't know what it is. And in my head, I'm thinking, let's just get it as strange. Let's just get it as uncomfortable in this room as we can get it right now. And it got quiet. He said, well, I'm just an old loud mouth. And I said, well, I said, you know, I said, the Lord loves you. And I said, he loves all of you. And boy, I mean, it got hushed. And God gave an opportunity. I didn't, I didn't slam them. I didn't cut them down. I didn't, I didn't rebuke them. I just told them about the love of Jesus. And uh, I think the barber got my hair on purpose, you know. But I'm just kidding. But I'm telling you tonight, I didn't want to answer to God for what they were talking about. I wasn't going to laugh. I wasn't going to agree with it. I wasn't going to go along with it. The thing to do is just be silent. The path the tongue should flee. And then finally, let me give you this, and we're done. The path the tongue should follow. Look at verse 17. Here's the path we should follow. Thank God there is some things that we can say tonight with our tongue. But the wisdom that is from above is it's first pure. Thank God whatsoever things are pure what sort of things are lovely what sort of things a good report if there be any virtue if there be any praise think on these things and if you'll think on them things you'll talk about those things but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then it's peaceable it's gentle I don't think God wants us to be smart Alex it's easy to be entreated it's full of mercy well we ought to be merciful shouldn't we and good fruits, and I like this, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
You know what we say should not be partial. It should not be hypocritical. And the fruit of righteousness, notice this, it's sown in peace of them that make peace. You know, this tongue tonight can sow a lot of peace in this world. I'll tell you, in your home, by your tongue, you can sow peace. A soft answer, that's with the tongue. A soft answer turneth away wrath. The grievous words stirreth up anger. You know when somebody gets mad, it's just our nature to bow up on them, isn't it? But I tell you, a soft answer goes a long ways. You know, I made a man mad one day accidentally and uh, cut down two of his trees <laughs> accidentally. Big old oak trees. Accidentally. I thought it was on our line. It was on his line. Oh, he had every right to be upset. And I mean, he was just, he's letting me have it too. And in my mind, I was thinking, Lord, you got to help me. I didn't mean to cut his trees down, but I'd be mad too, I reckon. And I said, sir, are you a Christian? And he said, I am. I said, will you forgive me? I didn't mean to cut your trees down. And you know, just in that instant, that man, I think because he was a Christian, he just, all of a sudden, he just melted. He said, oh, Brother Ricky, you know I love you. He said, I would never be mad at you. And I thought five seconds ago, you was going to sue me. He's going to sue the whole church. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I didn't mean to do that. I said, in fact, I said, we'll do whatever we have to do to make it right. And by the end of that conversation, he said, you know what? He said, I got a backhoe if you ever need it. He said, call me. He said, we'll come use it. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't anything I did because I did something terrible. But God, a soft answer can fix a lot of problems in life. A soft answer. You hear something going on that shouldn't be said, turn the, the tide of the conversation. Turn it in a positive direction. Put it on an upward note. Say something that, that, that removes the, the, the whatever it is and, and use that tongue to, to build peace. If somebody shows try, and I don't think anybody is here, and thank God, if there was, I think I would come visit that person for the good of the church. But if somebody was sowing discord amongst the church tonight, here's what you do. You speak peace. You know, if somebody said, I think Brother Tim Jones has it out for me. You don't sit there and say, well, why do you think that? You don't say, well, you know, I kind of I see that out of Brother Tim. No, you don't do stuff like that. You know what you do? You say, no, I don't think so. I tell you, Brother Tim's a good man. He loves the Lord. He loves you. He said, now the devil may be telling you something like that, but don't you go that route. You see, you can turn a bad situation into good just by sowing peace. You say, well, what if they don't believe it? doesn't matter. Sow peace anyway. You go home at night, and Miss Sheila's coming. You go home at night, make sure what you say about people is positive. Or just don't say anything at all. Isn't that right? Just don't say anything at all. You say, well, why would I want to do that? Because you won't have to give an account for it at the judgment seat if you don't say anything. Isn't that right? Lord, help me tonight, I tell you. That's a convicting chapter, isn't it? I don't care who you are. It's just a convicting chapter. Lord, help me this year. Lord, help me to keep my tongue intact. I, I, say, I, I thank God laid this message on my heart. 
not because I've heard anything, but because I think it's good preventive maintenance for any church, especially at the end of the year. I think it's a good way to start the year off for your family, your home. It can give you a good perspective of life. If you don't spend your days complaining about everything, but spend your days praising God seven times a day. Well, I praise thee. Praise God. Give you a different outlook on life, won't it, tonight? It may bring revival to our church just, just by making our conversations different. How much more would that please God tonight? How much more would it please others as we stand? If you need to come tonight, you don't have to come. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you obey God tonight as we sing.